The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. Hi, everyone. So we have another guest here today, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. How's it going, everybody? Uh, My name is Dr. Avi. I am an associate dentist down here in Austin, Texas. Currently, I am transitioning out of a DSO practice as an associate, and I'm going to be working at a private office also as an associate. Nice. And I'm uh, super excited to to share my story and, and talk with you guys today. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm excited too. Do you, um, I guess, can you give us a little bit more background? Like when did you graduate dental school? How long have you been at this first job? Yeah, so I went to uh, UCF for undergrad. So I was in Orlando, Florida. And I graduated in 2014, went to NYU for dental school graduated in 2018. And when I came out, I didn't do a GPR and no residency, nothing like that. I just went straight to work. So I started working in Connecticut as an associate. And I, I was actually in between a lot of offices my first couple years out. Uh, I worked in like 10 offices my first two years. Um, and then we can kind of dive into that a little bit later if you want. Uh, and then moved to Austin in September twenty uh, September 2020. And then that's where I had this current job, um, basically working for a mini DSO. And now that's where I'm transitioning into a private office. Oh, so you've had a lot of different experiences. Do you want to just talk right now about right after graduation, those different offices you worked in, was it like a mix of part-time at a few places or just struggling to find the right fit? How did that work? Yeah, definitely both of those. Uh, So good advice I would say is coming out, you want, it's a good idea to work a couple part-time gigs just because any new job that you get as an associate, you have to basically try it out. Um, It sucks because everybody wants something stable uh, dentistry obviously is a career that a lot of us chose because of the stability, but it takes a while for that to really kick in. So yeah, I was usually in two offices at a time, uh, just working like two or three days and, you know, it's, it's expected to a certain degree from owners for associates to do that. You know, some may want you full time, but I think just, it's smart to protect your time and energy, um, by not doing that. Cause I made that mistake. I there's a couple offices where I gave them essentially, you know, five days a week and a Saturday even, and it ended up just not really working out for various reasons. You know, some offices, they may not be busy enough for you. Um, you know, may not be good fits. Um, there's just a bunch of things that can happen. So you can kind of negate a lot of that if you 
only work a couple of days a week because then you can see, you know, what's good, what's bad, and then you have something to compare it to. Did you find a lot of these offices that are hiring for part-time, are they just looking for an associate and they were willing to do part-time like a few days a week? Or was it like they're frequently have part-time people come in and that's just how they run things? Do you get what I'm asking? I'm just curious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So in up in Connecticut, so like in the Northeast, like being in the Northeast and also now seeing what it's like in Texas, it's very different. So up there, it was normal for offices to be looking for part-time dentists because it's usually you know like a private owner usually if it's private they're looking for part-time any like corporate setting or like bigger groups they're looking for full-time um and that is just that's a there's a different there's a couple different reasons why they do that i think the private offices they don't necessarily know you know if they're ready for an associate so they're also trying to kind of hedge the um the opportunity there by not having an associate come in and then not having a busy schedule being full-time um you know the only office that that i had experience at where there was like a part-time situation was he basically called it like a saturday position and like wanted me to work like multiple saturdays a month um and at that time i mean i was pretty desperate so i was gonna like take whatever but I did tell him that hey I and I really only want to be working like one Saturday so we we ended up reaching kind of a middle ground there but you know it's it's not it's not something that you'll see where they're always hiring part-time usually it's like part-time and then they want to grow it into full-time but in my experience that doesn't really happen just because all their ducks aren't necessarily in a in, in a row so yeah yeah. And now that you're moving from this like small DSO into a private practice model, what was the reason for that change? And like, what about this new job did you like? So a couple different things went into it. So this DSO, when I joined, they were, it was just like five offices. So it wasn't that big. So it was awesome because I got all the benefits that come with the DSO, like health insurance, you know, um, full staff, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. Um, they had an Itero, they had CE that they were willing to like pay for like $2,500 a year. So it was all, all those benefits and perks. And then, then they got acquired um, in the summer of last year. So it's been about like eight months. And during that transition process, that's when things started to go south, meaning um, a lot of that quality control on like the business side of things. And kind of how the manager would run the office. Um, there was just a lot of changes and they weren't really staying on top of it because we went from essentially five offices to like 40. Um, so you, that's where that dilution kind of happens. And so, you know, schedules weren't being monitored. Um, myself and the other dentists were starting to have to take over a lot of like the non-clinical stuff, like making sure this other rest of the staff was doing their job. So it just started to become overwhelming um, and a lot more than we essentially were kind of being asked to do. And honestly, it was just, that was kind of one part of it. And then a couple of the things kind of played out where I, um, I wanted to kind of have a a more formal role with Invisalign in the company. Um, 
just because I had had a lot of success with it. So I wanted to just teach the other doctors in the group and just be like an internal support um, resource for them. And so I wanted like a more formal role. And so I kind of pitched that to the leaders of the group and they thought that there was value in it, but I guess just in their timeline of growth, they just didn't have that space. So um, that was kind of like a long-term reason why I was willing to stay with the DSO. Um, and then so you have those two reasons. And the third reason was um, this opportunity at the private office kind of came up and I had, I've known the owner previously and he was like, Hey, I'm looking, you know, I'd really want you to come help like grow the practice and um, you know, essentially kind of like giving me the reins to do whatever I wanted. So it was like three things that literally all happened within like 48 hours. Um, and then I spent the weekend just talking about it with my wife and what came of it then was accepting that job and then starting um, my consulting business kind of on the side where instead of just helping one group, I can kind of help any doctor uh, implement Invisalign in their practices. That's super cool. When did you officially start the consulting? Um, so that started a couple months. It's been about two months now. Yeah, two months. Um, I mean, essentially having to build like a small business from the ground up. That's the experience that I've gotten. Um, you know, I guess there's some similarities to what, like what dentists do when they, when they um, build their own practice, obviously not nearly as much of a startup cost. Um, this is more kind of just the, the knowledge that I've gained over the years. And I've learned how to build a website and, you know, make videos and stuff like that. And, and just kind of using my network with different reps to try to market to, to other dentists out there doing speaking events and stuff. So it's been, it's been fun. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, it's like a little side gig and, and hopefully that kind of blossoms, but I'm also super excited about the clinical opportunity that I have too. Yeah. For the Invisalign, I know we had like a speaker come talk to our Academy of General Dentistry from Invisalign. And they were saying that if we start classes like third or fourth year of dental school, we could be Invisalign certified, like pretty much right when we graduate. I don't know if you have familiarity mm. with like how students can try to be certified, like as soon as possible near graduation. Yeah. yeah. So NYU, I think had something like that, except for it was like mandatory. So at NYU, it was like one of our classes, like the Invisalign class. So we all came out certified to do Invisalign. Um, I recommend it. I mean, I'll be honest, you probably aren't going to like learn the way they teach it and the way you do it in the real world is totally different. Um, my experience, at least at NYU was like super complicated. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like a lot of modules and stuff, but the value is like you are certified. And if you don't get certified in school, you have to pay, I think it's like $3,000 um, to get certified when you come out. So, I mean, if your school's offering it, I 100% do it. And then just know that when you get out, you'll just have to kind of utilize some other resources out there um, to get comfortable with it. That makes sense. Um, I also want to talk a little bit more about your new dentist right out of dental school experience, and then we can kind of backtrack to dental yeah. school itself. But um, is there anything that sticks out for like when you graduated, just things that didn't go how you expected them to? Yeah, uh, it's basically like my entire story. <laughs> so I, um, I came out wanting to like go the whole like cosmetic route. 
I was like, yes, like cosmetic dentistry, like this is what I want to do. Um, I mean, being at NYU, you know, you kind of see like Dr. Apple, like doing his thing. And like, there's a, there's a huge presence of that there. Um, and it's super inspiring. I thought it's like really, really cool. So in my mind, that's what I had envisioned. Um, and like older dentists had kind of like, not shot it down, but like, oh, like the real world is different and, and all that. And I was like, oh, like, why, why, why does it have to be different? Like, why can't we just, you know, why can't I do it? But the real world happened. And like I said earlier, you know, the, about 10 associateships later, I realized like, okay, you know, doing veneers and stuff like that is a little challenging when you can't even keep a job for three months. So um, yeah, I'd say I envisioned it kind of going that route. I always knew that I wanted to, to, to do, I wanted to like do something more than just like your routine dentistry, I guess. I just didn't know what that looked like. So um, you know, it wasn't cosmetics. Uh, and then, I mean, as of now, you know, I've kind of found my passion with, with Invisalign. Um, but, you know, I think another thing that I had expectations that didn't happen was a mentor. Like I thought I would come out and like find a mentor, work with them, have like this dentist teach me stuff and then like, you know, get, get tips and whatnot, but like that didn't happen. And, I mean, just even talking to some of my other call, like friends and stuff, um, that doesn't really happen. Um, so I know everyone coming in, like in school, like is, is hopeful for that. Um, but it's just weird. It's like you graduate and then everyone just is kind of like on their own. Um, so, you know, I personally got like a lot of just real, real world experience. Um, and it was nothing like I <laughs> had imagined. Um, but yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is there anything you did over these past couple of years that you felt like helped yourself adjust to all those struggles or get through them and like persevere? Yeah. Um, I think just like, I mean, honestly, it's just like staying positive, like keeping a positive mindset, like being hopeful really helps. That's just the type of person I am in my core. And I mean, there were definitely times where like I started to have a negative outlook on dentistry. I mean, I was burnt out of it I'd say probably like maybe a year and a half in two years in like very quickly it was just a lot um I started to kind of question my abilities like you know I couldn't keep a job so I'm like am I even a good dentist um you know it's like stuff like like the doubt started to creep in um I mean I have my wife to thank she would always kind of just like keep my head up um and, and just keep kind of pushing on but you know staying staying the course in that, in that regard, and just kind of trusting and knowing that like, even if you go through a lot of hardships, when you come out, like it's, it's not you, right? Like the hardest part, in my opinion, is like getting through dental school. Um, dental school is super hard. It really puts you under a lot of pre uh, pressure, a lot of stress. Um, and so if you, you know, you graduate, you pass your exams and stuff, like you're, you're going to be successful. It's just a matter of kind of finding out what works for you. Um, but yeah, I'd say, just you gotta 
you got to stay positive, you know, and, and don't, um, don't like another thing for me was like, kind of like where my mental health would get affected was on Instagram. Like I'd see all these successful dentists, like doing all these like gorgeous cases. Um, and here I was like, you know, in like a Medicaid office, like doing these like fillings and extractions and, you know, they were good at the time, but then it's also kind of like, I would just naturally like compare myself to them. And so that wouldn't help because I would start to feel even like worse about what I was doing. Um, so yeah, I'd say don't, don't compare uh, yourself because your situation is going to be very different compared to what you see on Instagram um, for a lot of other dentists out there. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you saying that. I think I was talking to someone else earlier today for another podcast episode and they were kind of saying the same thing. Like they literally had to like mute accounts on Instagram of like classmates and stuff. Like they're happy for their success, but like seeing it every day just sometimes isn't the best for the mental headspace. It's hard. It's hard. Like, I mean, that's like one of the reasons, like, so it's actually funny. Like now I start sharing more on my Instagram, but I mean, there was a point not too long ago where I wasn't following any dental accounts, like any, every dental account, I just unfollowed them. Cause I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to see any of this. I just want to like do my own thing. And it was good. Um, it was good. And now it's like, I mean, I do, sh- I mean, I do follow dental accounts now, but it's, I had to do the mental work, right? Like, I mean, I was, I started going to therapy for not just this, like other reasons as well, just to kind of get my headspace um, uh, in a better place. And, and yeah, and it's, I had to kind of work on myself before that because I realized, yeah, like I was like being jealous or like hating on people for no reason. And like, you know, being super critical of myself when it's just, there's no, there's no reason to do that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's tough on Instagram. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I think I always try to like be, especially with school, like you're constantly having good moments and bad moments. So I try to be like very transparent about like the good and the bad, but it's a lot easier when I'm saying like, oh, I did bad on like a lecture test than like to come on there when it's a real patient and be like, oh, like I screwed up. Like that's a whole nother level to like put that on the internet. So I understand why there's Mm. never like case has gone wrong so much like publicly put out there but it's important like you said to know your boundaries and just like differentiate like work and the rest of your life because I mean there's more to life than dentistry is what I always try to remind people that is 100% so that's like that's like the core of why I started sharing on Instagram more is like hey there is a whole world and like, there's so many other things in my life that bring me joy outside of clinical dentistry. Um, and that's, I wanted to be like my account, like I, I kind of made it to sh- show that to other dentists and other like students, like, Hey, it's like, I mean, you can go look at my page. Like, I don't even think there's a single picture of any teeth on there, like at all. Um, and it's just because it's like, it's, you don't like you the whole page doesn't have to be that right like there's so much more that goes into it um don't get me wrong like i love what i do but it's it's just i don't know i feel like if i if there was a page like mine when i was in dental school i feel like it would have been like yeah like that's nice to know that you know you don't have to pump out like high end cosmetic work to to really still love what you do um and and be happy with what you do so yeah, don't uh, don't fall into that into that trap. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Is there anything looking back, I guess, talking about like reflecting when you were a dental student, is there anything that you wish you maybe did differently while you were in dental school? Um, yeah, I think, and I didn't figure it out until like the end of dental school, but I know for like a situation like yours, like, you know, D3 about to be in clinic. Um, I would say one is like, especially in clinic, like you are going to get out of it, whatever you put in. Like it's the, it's the one time in your life you don't have any liability, meaning you like anything that you can do, like go for it, like extractions, like try them all root canals, go for it. Like you got to remember like this, the faculty is there to help, but they're only going to help the people that, that want it. Right. Like I kind of cruised through clinic the first year and then the second year I got my requirements and I kind of like got out, like there was one rotation that we had. It was an oral surgery rotation. We're super cool. We got to go off site, and it was just basically like six of us. Um, everyone par- partnered up and we'd go once a week and we just get to do extractions in this clinic. And it was awesome. Cause there's just one oral surgeon, like watching over all of us. So me and my buddy got to just like pull teeth like all day. And it was so much fun because we just, figured it out right you get i mean we had basic techniques but you just we got to dive in and do it um and then that kind of spilled into my clinical mindset but that's what i would say is like i would i wouldn't be afraid i was also like i didn't want to like i wasn't a gunner by any means like i think it just had like a super negative connotation at nyu um but looking back like there's nothing wrong with it. Like we all paid, like, Oh, we're paying a lot of money to go to school. Like you should get the most out of it. Um, again, there were people in our class that would like do stuff just like for themselves and be super selfish, which is not cool. But I mean, if you're doing it to like improve your situation and learn the most, like go for it. Um, that was something that held me back. Like I was always like afraid of being looked at as like someone like trying to be like an overachiever, so then I just thought it was cool to coast, which was, I mean, I was pretty young. I got into dental school at 21. So, um, you know, a lot of our class, I think the average age when we started was like 24. So everyone else was like a little bit more mature. So maybe that was my own like <laughs> insecurities coming out. Um, but yeah, like just, just go for it. Like try things. Don't, don't hold back. Um, any like D1 or D2s that are listening, I would say, you know, don't be too hard on yourself with grades. Um, I kind of found my flow like with studying where I realized like, Hey, I could put in like so many hours. I think it hit me pretty early on, which I'm, I'm grateful for this is like, I put, I studied so hard. And then I think I got like a 92 on the anatomy exam, like 91. And I was just like, okay, not bad. But I was like, I really felt like I should have gotten a higher grade. And like the next exam, I studied a little bit less and I got like, you know, like a B plus and the next exam even less and I got a B and then I just figured out like, Hey, like I'm a B student, like in terms of where, you know, how much studying I have to put in to learn the material and what I'm going to get out. And then that just helped me have like this whole like school life balance where I didn't have to like drown myself in the books and I could still get a good grade and pass and then move on. Obviously you don't know if you're going to specialize or not when you first start. So I'm not saying like bomb all your exams, but like, I mean, if you know, you don't want to specialize, then like 
it's okay if you're not getting like the best grades, just do what you can get to clinic and then maximize in clinic. Yeah, I totally agree. And they always like share like the averages on the exams and stuff too. And I'm like, what? We don't need to know that. Like, <laughs> I don't, it's like, I, it's, I'm in that situation where I know I want to be a general dentist and mm-hmm. I just like genuinely try to take these classes and just think like, how is this going to apply to patients? Like how much can I try to remember from this one lecture? Like, I'm really just trying to learn the most. And it's similar to what you were saying. Like I don't get A's and everything and that's, that's okay. It's literally the last time your grades mattered was undergrad. I mean, cause the thing is, is like, even if you're going to specialize from what I know, it's like, they don't just look at your grades. Like you have to pass that exam and then like interview, like there's more, there's multiple steps. And if you don't get in on the first try, like people do a GPR and then they go specialize. So it's like that whole mindset is different. You need to do what you can. Like you said, learn the most, how it's going to apply to, to being a general dentist or being, um, you know, a clinician after and just soak up that information. Cause that's, what's important. Definitely, definitely hear what you're saying there. I have a couple more things I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. Um, first being, you said you've worked in DSOs, you're going transitioning into private. What from like your experience or maybe like your classmates, colleagues is like the major difference that you've noticed between private and corporate offices? So they're both, they both have good and bad. Um, I've had good and bad experiences in both and they both have their benefits. So it just depends on your situation, honestly, and what you want out of it. Um, Corporate is great to just kind of like get your feet wet, get practice, get your reps in, because you're always going to have volume. You're not going to have to worry about a busy schedule or not. Corporate always has that. You also are going to have, like I was saying earlier, your, you know, benefits like health insurance, they'll pay for malpractice, they'll give you a CE stipend. So that's awesome, in my opinion, for younger dentists. Um, you know, it gets a little bit tricky because some of these DSOs are going to be super focused on like you producing, um, right. And, and just focused on your production numbers and, and all that. But from my experience, like numbers aren't always a bad thing um, because I mean, I'm a goal oriented person. So it's kind of nice to know a production number in my opinion, because it helps you like have a predictable income, right? Like I'm not saying I do stuff that's not needed, but like, it's nice to know like, Hey, like this is what my paycheck is going to look like. Um, Cause as a dentist, like you only get paid, you know, what you produce, that's just how it works. So if you have like a very slow month, like you're, you know, you're, you're going to have to budget accordingly. So again, it all depends on the DSO and, and how their philosophies are, but that's something to kind of be aware of. Um, What's another thing? Oh yeah. So for private, um, yeah, for private, it's, it's, it's good and it's bad. I haven't had the best experiences with it so far. Uh, I was in one good situation where the doctor like actually did give me a lot of like helpful tips. Um, but then I didn't realize until afterwards that he was like withholding procedures from me. Like I would diagnose like bigger cases, like crowns and stuff. And then he would just like, like they would end up on his schedule and not mine. So that was kind of crappy. But, um, yeah, you know, the value in that was like, I just, you know, I learned a lot of like pointers. So early on, that's, that was enough for me. Um, but yeah, now I kind of also know the type of dentist that I am being four years out and, uh, I know what I want. And, um, and, and so this opportunity is, is, is awesome because I can actually go in and 
I'm not trying to figure out who I am. Like I, I know what to do. When you're when you're first coming out, like that's the thing. Like you're still learning the type of dentist that you are. So, I mean, there were situations that probably the private office was a good opportunity. Um, I just didn't make the most of it because I wasn't ready for that situation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And there's, like you said, like any type of any office can just be so different. It just depends on like who you're working with there and how they choose Mm -hmm. to run things. So I think it's good for people, like you said, to kind of try out some different things and see what works for them. Yeah. So I also wanted to chat a little bit about your, we were talking about your Instagram page and your videos, your consulting. So what like aspect of this, like education are you most passionate about and who are you kind of trying to reach with this page? Yeah. So I think like with the YouTube page and even Instagram, it's a lot of just kind of giving back. Um, you know, the, who I'm trying to reach is a little bit of a mix, um, but it is definitely targeted more towards the younger dentists. Uh, for me, it's, I mean, it's kind of therapeutic, honestly, to just like give advice to younger dentists because that's something that I always looked for and never really found. Um, so it's just kind of cool that like I was talking to one of my friends. So he was a, he's a year younger than me. Uh, so in dental school, I was kind of like his mentor. And then we both were working in Connecticut. So we would always like vent to each other about like good days and bad days. And we both were kind of getting this like carousel of jobs. Um, and then he actually kind of told me the other week, he was just like, Hey man, like you're becoming that guy that like you always wanted, um, in terms of just like sharing, you know, tips and stuff like that. So I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, that to me, um, I mean, it just, it genuinely makes me happy. Um, I like giving advice like that, especially to people that want it. Um, you know, I also enjoy talking about, you know, clear liners and Invisalign um, and just kind of helping kind of get exposure through social media. Um, it changed the way that I practice. Like I said earlier, like I was burnt out on dentistry. Um, I didn't really know what I liked or what I wanted. And then once I started doing more cases, I, you know, I saw like, I felt like I was actually making a difference for my patients, right? Like, you know, you, you improve someone's smile, you improve their oral health, you move teeth around stuff like that. Like to me, I was like, wow, like I'm actually doing something. Um, so that's something that I like to also share. Um, but yeah, uh, target audience. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's, it's going to be your, your students, younger dentists, just people looking for some inspiration. Um, enjoying life right now. And I like sharing that. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have a little, a little boost on your feed. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Like you said, like we were saying, like everyone needs that (laughs) little positivity, a little like light at the end of the tunnel, if they're kind of struggling that things, things turn around if you keep pushing through. Absolutely. When you were just talking, it made me think of something related to like patient communication that i always kind of ponder about. So when you're like treatment planning with someone that comes in and they have all these different things going on with their mouth, but they're the type of, I want straight white teeth, but they might have gingivitis and caries and all these things. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. go about that communication with them that like, we have to address certain things first, or like, how do you like to treatment plan complex, I guess, or just patients that have a lot of dental needs? Yeah. So when they have a lot of stuff, so that is always like, 
so there's some up like and you'll see not every practice has that like some offices that is going to be like every single day you see it and then others you see it every once in a while so you kind of lose that muscle but what i like to do is i like to just kind of like set the stage um and then just try to like educate them right because if they have all these problems most likely they haven't been to a dentist in a while so showing them that you know you're looking to prioritize their oral health first and then focusing on the appearance um helps them kind of comprehend and understand like yes like i want your teeth to be straight and white as well but we get there first by making sure that they're healthy because if we straighten them and whiten them, but they're not actually healthy, well, then you're at a higher risk of losing them, right? So again, it doesn't hurt to get dramatic with patients. Sometimes they need that, you know, a little bit of like, you you know, you can lose your teeth. And then we're talking about, you know, different, more expensive treatment. Um, but that's what I like to do. Um, if you can educate them and be kind of concise and, and direct, they tend to respond really well to it because then you come across more confident and then they trust you. And then it's more of like, okay, doc, like we'll do whatever, like just, you know, let's, you know, let's get there. So that's then that's a, an easy way. And you'll learn that with time. Um, I think my tip to younger dentists also is like, cause I used to do this all the time is I would just keep talking in the hygiene exam room. And it's like, you kind of just have to like stay concise but like put forward like one option that you're going to kind of do. And then you can kind of talk about the whole big picture afterwards. Um, otherwise you'll lose them. They, they'll, they'll kind of forget um, or they'll just get overwhelmed and they'll just be like, Oh my God, that sounds like so much work. And you know, it is, but that's why you're there and you're there to help them out. Thank you for that. Yeah. I always, I want to obviously be the best like caregiver that I can and be good at communicating so I can help people, but I like to hear people's perspective and experience, especially since you've been working for a little while now. So I appreciate yeah, that. No, that, was, that was a good question. So last thing, you already kind of gave a lot of great advice for dental students, but do you have any like closing thoughts for the people listening? Um, yeah, I guess I kind of said the, the two big things that I usually tell people is like, make the most of your experience. Don't worry about what other people think. Um, You know, I think also dentistry is a great profession, you know? So I know there's a lot of chatter out there about like the student loans and like life of a dentist. Like, yes, like it is a hard life um, to a certain degree. Like it's stressful, but it's also rewarding and, you know, just kind of stick through it. Don't be afraid to think outside of the box. You know, we, once you graduate and you have that degree, like you have a lot of different options and opportunities in terms of what you can do with it. And, and just know that like, you don't need to like fit in a box. Like you don't need to just be like a run of the mill dentist, um, put your spin on it, you know, um, because I'm learning and I'm seeing in other dentists now that there isn't just one way to do it. And, um, that's, what's super, super cool. Yeah, that's great. I totally agree with that too. I feel like for me, I don't know a hundred percent like where things will take me, but I feel like I definitely will have some added element beyond just clinical dentistry. So we'll see where things go in a few years, but I got to get through school first, like you were saying. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so what if people don't know your Instagram page, do you want to just shout it out and best way for people to contact you? Yeah. So Instagram page is doctor.avi. So it's doctor spelled out. Um, 
my email is dr.avi.dds at gmail.com. And then my YouTube channel also is Dr. Avi spelled out. Perfect. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for today. I really appreciate all your insight. It was really cool getting to kind of walk through your timeline with you and see how you ended up here and that you're happy and starting on more of a journey of things that you're passionate about. So that's really great. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it.